The Ebony's and the Ivory podcast is a bi-weekly dialogue with Dr. Dejalon Jackson-Bell and Dr. Lakeitha Poole. Through the EITI podcast, we plan to promote our mission of dispelling myths, rewriting narratives, and championing women of color in higher education. All views expressed through this podcast are our own, do not represent any entity with which we are affiliated, and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. For more information or to set up a consultation, visit our website at www.ebonysintheivory.com. You are now tuned in to Ebony's in the Ivory. Welcome back to another episode of the Ebony's and the Ivory podcast. We are super excited to be back. We've been on a little break for the summer. Um, and so we're back with episode 30. Super excited about that. And this is one of your hosts, Dr. Lakeitha Poole. And I'm here with my lovely co-host, Dr. Bell. How's it going, Dr. Bell? It's going, Dr. Poole. It is going. It's summertime, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we live in like hot climate so i mean technically it is i know i feel like it's summer year round sometimes but you know basically whatever but anyways we are so glad to be back and we're glad that you guys are back joining us if you are tuning in um and so of course we know that if you are you probably have already but if you haven't this is your first time listening make sure you go ahead and subscribe whether you're listening right now through soundcloud or apple Podcasts or both um, and then obviously follow us on social media, um, like us on Facebook, Instagram at Ebony's and the Ivory, and then follow us on Twitter at Ebbs and the Ivory. And if you want to find a one-stop shop spot to see everything that we have going on, our blog, the calendar, um, and obviously other episodes of the podcast, make sure you check out our website, www.ebonysandtheivory.com, um, which is accessible on your phone. So you can take us with you everywhere you go. So... We're going to get started with episode 30. Dr. Bell, can you 30. believe we're on episode 30? Absolutely not. It's <laughs> crazy. It's wild, but exciting. I'm excited. It is exciting. <laughs> so um, this month, we're talking about getting back to the grind and finding footing in a new normal. So in the blog, we kind of talked about, you know, we've been in this pandemic since March. Um, and things in this world have shifted so drastically, I think, to the point that I don't know if we really like kind of let it marinate how much things have changed. Yeah. Um, so when we're looking at like potential disruptions, even now, even as we return back to work or we continue to work, um, disruptions of routines and deadlines. And uh, I know all of us have um, really made health a priority and thinking about our health and making sure that we're healthy. Um, and just, just how um, uncertain, you know, daily life has been. And will continue to be until, you know, this pandemic comes to an end. Um, we often, um, may have or can lose motivation, um, for the things that, um, were so natural to us before the pandemic. So Rice, um, here in Houston, where I live, Rice EDU, um, their post 
doctoral studies department and graduate department addressed these concerns through an article that they wrote, mm-hmm. um, which provided strategies for doc students um, in, in regards to staying motivated in the pandemic. So um, what we talked about in the blog was first setting small daily goals. So um, I talked about, you know, how I have a to-do list um, posted like pad. So I'm a big picture person. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, that That's a part of my personality. And often I can kind of get caught up in how I want things to work out on the grand scheme of things or in the grand scheme of things. Um, but... Sometimes I have to remember I need to scale it down and set small, actionable goals. Mm-hmm. So I tend to write down my goals for the week um, and for the day. And I love checking off stuff, even in my phone. I'm not really a big planner person. I try and I try and I try, but I just can't <laughs> like physical planners. I'm going to try again. Like, watch. You can I do can, this. You can do this. I, I try. I've been trying since high school. Like my mom kept uh, kept me with a planner and like it would be blank. It's just like, you don't write nothing. Um, That's funny because we're opposite in that way. Yes, like yes, you're, a, you're um, the big picture and I love a good planner and I love all yeah. the small details and I don't usually see the big picture till later. That's why it works. Yes, we work together. Um, I have an empty planner right now sitting on my dresser. Not empty. It's so cute too. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I have to be purposeful in making sure that I number one remember stuff I need to do because I have baby brain. Like that's a real thing, and it lasts like past you being pregnant. Like baby brain is a real thing. So I have to remember to first and foremost write things down, um, but also make sure that those small details are getting accomplished. Um, so I, I spoke about in the blog how, you know, when we were writing our dissertation, um, sometimes we would like lack motivation, like, oh, I don't feel like doing this. Like, y'all, I told y'all we complained like probably a little more than we should have, but it was okay because we were complaining, but we were still getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So I know sometimes we would be like, um, you know, let's get a paragraph. If we were really feeling it that day, or mm-hmm. hey, I need to get two pages. Um, you know, Dr. Shonda Allen Mitchell um, gave us some wise words. She said, you need to write something every day. Yep. Even if it's a sentence, mm-hmm. even if you're brainstorming something, you need to put something um, in writing every single day so we stuck with that and we kept it um and you know some days in addition to maybe writing a sentence you say hey i need to have a stack of articles i need to get through and mm-hmm. i need to read two articles or three articles by the end of this writing session so those small goals uh, allowed us to stay on track and ultimately move forward you know in the process and those small goals is what helps i'm sure both of us um you know stay motivated and accomplish what we need to accomplish um, the second piece of advice is to carve out time in your um, day for work and for relaxation. So um, carving out time and like having a structure, uh, a structured routine is very important um, for mental wellness in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you and I both had to transition basically virtual. Um for for our for our work um, environment, we had to adapt to a virtual work environment. So um, for me, I know personally that was a steep learning curve because I'm so used to seeing clients and students in person. Um, so making that switch to doing 
you know, teletherapy and calling parents and not being able to speak um, to the people that I needed to speak with um, in person, you know, mm-hmm. was, was a little rough for me. Yeah. Um, and then I often found myself working past my contract hours. So, you know, I've seen plenty of articles um, speaking about how, you know, people are burnt out and people work more hours, you know, when they're working from home versus when they can pack up and leave the office. So um, the article talks about how important it is to make sure that you set a clear boundary between, if you can, between work and then being off work and being able to relax. So um, I know that when I finally, you know, did kind of shut the computer down, Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thoroughly relished those times where I had my son, I put my son to bed and me and my husband would watch TV or talk about our day or plan some things out, you know, work on some goals and some tasks um, that we have. So um, I think it's important um, to make sure that we are normalizing, unwinding and relaxing um, at the beginning or the end of the day and also planning our plate. So I like that. Um, that statement. We have to plan our play. We have to make sure that just as we plan um, to work and plan to get things accomplished, we also need to plan to relax because our bodies need that, especially during this time when mm. anxiety and worry can really um, begin to crush us if we aren't intentional and purposeful about um, you know allowing ourselves to relax. So be sure to plan your play. Um, Next piece of advice um, was to try short study sessions as as a doctoral student or a graduate student, trying those short study sessions, social distance style, so um, being able to um, use Zoom or FaceTime. And um, the article talks about working in 25-minute bursts with five minutes of break time in between because the five minutes allows your brain to rest. It allows you to re-energize, take a break. Um, and then you tend to work really hard during those 25 minutes that you're working because you know that the break is coming. Um, so it's like kind of psychological in a sense. Um, but then when you're on those break times, that allows you to process, ask questions, you know, or just, just have some small talk with your colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and the article speaks to different apps that you can download um, that allows you to set a timer between the 25 minutes and the five minutes. Um, so that's just another way to kind of boost um, morale and boost motivation um, and to increase um, efficiency in terms of what we're doing throughout the day. Yeah. Um, next, um, the article speaks about, of course, prioritizing your mental health which is something we, of course, are major supporters of. Um, and that can look different. You know, that can, that can look different depending on, um, what you need to prioritize. So, um, taking a differentiated approach is important. You know, this may include eating well, eating your greens, Dr. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke, y'all. Inside joke. Um, Moving your body physically, which you have been doing, you know, well during the pandemic. And Mm -hmm. I know this because I always get the alerts on my Apple Watch. (laughs) (laughs) Actively taking lunch breaks, making sure that we're recharging our body through sleep. Like, the sleep is important. Like, we're not about to sleep when we die. Like, 
Kill did that. Like, yeah, seriously. It is not a statement we need to like abide by because our brain needs sleep. And we are not creative, as creative as we need to be if we're not sleeping. Um, trust me, I know because I have a toddler. He just starts sleeping through the night. So I know. Um, <laughs> having virtual meetups with friends. Um, which we we definitely need to have another session. I know. Uh, we're overdue. We're overdue. We're overdue. <laughs> um, and um, making sure that, you know, we allow ourselves to do just mindless things like engaging with like relaxing games, like whether you play Candy Crush or like whether you pay, play like solitaire on your phone or puzzles. Um, and those things serve to... Um, you know, increase wellness by decreasing anxiety and um, helping us to remain motivated in the long run. Um, and we want to be sure that we limit an- anxiety-inducing activities such as, like, constantly checking, you know, social media. Dr. Poole, I know you just went, you know, um, you took a break from social media to mm-hmm. get clarity in. I do that all the time. Like, Dr. Poole, I'll, I'll text her, hey, I'm not on Instagram. Yeah, she'll be so. gone. She'll be gone. Like, <laughs> I just <don't> <laughs> Don't send me if you guys send me something. Yeah. Text me because I'm not on there right now. Yeah. Like it's it's so needed because just being inundated with all the information can sometimes just be overwhelming. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, especially in the pandemic, you know, we we get news through social media and all this. So making sure that we limit that as well as you know, you know, news. Um, and it's okay to cut the news off, especially as it relates to pandemic news. Like it's okay to, you know to protect your peace and um yes we should be informed but when it becomes overwhelming it's important to do that i agree and then lastly which i wrote this in the article uh, in the blog as well so this last post i just supposed to type away about it at first yeah it touched my um, spirit it, yeah it made me very <laughs> uncomfortable like it made me <laughs> super uncomfortable and i started to change the the like the the tagline the headline and i was like well no because that's like i don't want to you know i don't want to alter um the writer's words but it made me uncomfortable and i had to sit with that mm-hmm. and i had to do some introspection and address within myself why that made me so uncomfortable um, but it kind of goes back to the way that i feel about our nation, and I'm not going to get on the soapbox about how I feel about capitalism or anything like that, but it, it made me, it affirmed, you know, for me mm-hmm. how we view and we approach work and how we approach efficiency and how we approach a work day mm-hmm. um, and productivity, how we approach it and how we address that as a nation. Um, and it, like I said, it just it made me uncomfortable. So the title um, the headline says, be okay with not being highly productive right now. Um, and, I mean, that's hard to, that's hard to hear, right, Dr. Poole? Yeah. For me, That's hard sure. to hear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you are <laughs> constantly on the go and you're like, I got to achieve this and I need to make sure I realize and actualize my mm-hmm. purpose. And I got, you know, life is short, like YOLO, like I got it pump this out, get this out, I gotta do this, and I got five projects. It's tough, and I think that we, um, you know, during this pandemic, I think we were all faced with the fact that our bodies were tired, and we didn't realize that until we were forced to sit down. And our minds were tired as we live in this fast microwave 
I got to get everything society. I think we didn't realize how much we weren't rested. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, how much we judge others mm-hmm. and how much we judge work. Yeah, and ourselves. On, yeah, and ourselves mm-hmm. based on what we've accomplished and how productive we've been. Yeah. And how much time we spent doing this and that and this and that. So um, I realized that I needed to keep the wording of the, the headline the same. Um, and I think that we have to show grace to ourselves. And, and, and this is what I've got. I'm just kind of sitting with it and sitting with it and thinking about it is that we have to show grace to ourselves. And we have to realize we're in a, we're experiencing a pandemic from a novel virus. Nobody knows um, we're learning things about this virus. Mm-hmm. This virus hasn't been studied for 10, 15, 20 years like SARS or Ebola or chickenpox or the flu or anything like that. Um, our scientists and health professionals and health educators are learning things um, in vivo, like in time, in real life. So, um, you know, just just understanding that this is a new thing mm-hmm. um, is traumatic. Yeah. Um, and that response, that trauma response shows up in different facets in our lives. And, um, you know, us understanding that our motivation may ebb and flow. Some days we may feel like, hey, I'm, I can conquer the world today. Like, and then we do what we have to do. And like, man, I'm tired. And then I don't have my outlets that I normally have mm-hmm. in order to relax and see my friends and see my family and hang out. Some of us, you know, are, you know, haven't been able to see family and parents like we want to. Um, um, so, you know, that is, that is definitely, definitely hard on the human psyche. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to make sure that we realize that, um, productivity is going to look a little different in this pandemic. Um, and, it's important to prioritize what we need to prioritize, give ourselves grace. We need to relax and allow ourselves to recharge so that we can actually tackle the things that we need to tackle. Yeah, definitely. So I have some questions for you, Dr. Poole. Okay. How have you remained motivated during this time? Um, It's been hard sometimes, but I think a variety of things, many of which you like kind of pointed to, you know, like, Finding whatever your sort of either alternative methods of what you would normally do to stay motivated or to stay recharged or energized. So I've tried my hardest. I really, I was so proud of myself in the start of the year and getting going with like regular routines as far as working out and like being really consistent. I had like my workout buddies and like I was doing it. And then this happened and I was like, great gyms are closed I couldn't you know I can't go to campus and work out like none of that was available and so I think at first I was like bummed about it and I'm like well what you gonna do you know if if this is something Mm -hmm. that you feel like you know creates a positive energy in you then you're gonna have to figure out how to make it happen and so um I literally one day just went to the store I think I went to between Walmart and Target and bought like everything I felt like I would need to have like a mini home gym. So I bought like a set of dumbbells. I bought a medicine ball. I bought um, a jump rope and like just different things. And so I basically turned my backyard into my like workout space. And it has been a saving grace, literally for my like mental health and well-being. And physically, I've been able to stay fit and try to 
you know, keep some level of like composure emotionally by getting outside because you're inside all the time. And so just um, that has definitely helped to keep me sort of motivated around other things because I was what I was doing was still getting up and doing it in the mornings like I was doing when I was actually going into the gym. And so that made me like get my day started, get my blood pumping. And like, so now I'm up. So it's like, all right, let's tackle work or let's do, you know, whatever it is that you set out to do today. Um, so that definitely helped. I think having the balance of like still making sure you stay in contact with friends, like, you know, you and I text all the time or like between social media stuff or whatever, like just making sure that I, that stuff didn't change because those two are often outlets for me, like being in contact with people who I care about, who care about me and who, you know, you could almost have a little bit of a distraction from even what was going on as far as the pandemic and feel normal by just talking to your girlfriends or catching up with family, even if you had to do it in a different way um, for those of us that was maybe used to doing that in person. So um, I think that's also been really important. Um, and then I think you pointed out, even though I know you hate planners, uh, <laughs> but what I did was create, I had these giant sticky notes that I brought. So this, this is kind of something you would do, but and maybe you should do this instead of having a planner. So I, I bought... I in the back of my trunk. Oh, okay. see? There you go. <laughs> I use them to teach. But. Yes. And, but they're, they are really good for that. So, but they're really good. If you don't want to have a planner, you can do your to-do list on those. And so what that helped for, for me is, you know, I was able to put those up and I literally had like a sticky note for all of the like major life areas for me. So I had one for, you know, LSU sports psych and counseling. And like, that was one. And that had everything I was doing on that. I had one for small talk, my private practice. I had one for Ebony's and the ivory. Um, and then I just had like a personal task list for stuff that I wanted to do around the house, like around my house mm-hmm. that prior to this happening, I would have never made time to do like, get out and like, you know, pluck all the weeds out of my garden and stuff like stuff that I just would not, I didn't make time to do. And so, um, it was easier to be motivated to do it because having it be something visual for me helped. And then to, like you said, get the satisfaction of crossing stuff off and like seeing it done, um, made me then motivated to keep going and to figure out, okay, what else can I do? Or, or this week is all, you know, Ebony's and Ivory week. Like I'm going to look at, look into stuff for this, 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 and this, or this week Mm -hmm. is all LSU week. So I'm going to see what things I can do so that when we're back, like I can be better for my student athletes. Like, so I think just, Finding ways to stay motivated, um, varied, but they were all things that I would hope I would have done before this, but they just, they just look different. Yeah. Makes sense the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this, you know, in the same vein for me, I think I have like a cheat code, which mm-hmm. is read my son because I have no choice but to like, if I'm going to accomplish anything, like working around his schedule, like I have to you know, make it happen. Yeah. Like, there is no, there's no opportunity. I, I would literally, like, just be sitting on the couch doing yeah. nothing if I didn't make time <laughs> well, watching him. But mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, he helped me to stay motivated because I knew I had to keep him on schedule and I scheduled out what I would do, you know, after, you know, um, he went to sleep or doing his downtimes or things that I could squeeze in. Um, while he was playing or, you know, while he was getting a, a little bit of screen time. And so just being intentional about maximizing and prioritizing my day, mm-hmm. um, really helped. I mean, 
know, I had some days. We all have some days. So motivation yep. does definitely ebb and flow. Yep. Um, but just having somebody that is dependent on you um, 24-7, I think, definitely helps to be motivated because you know that you want to succeed um, for them um, and, and you want to, you know, be successful and have them see that. So yeah, um, that definitely helps. What did your relaxation time look like? Um, definitely my like hiatus from social media because mm-hmm. I get to points and I think we all have, and this is probably why you do it so often, which I think is so great is like, you don't realize how much time you either end up wasting yes. um, or just how routine it becomes, right? Like I was realizing that I was waking up, like my alarm would go off. I would open my Bible app and look at the verse mm-hmm. of the day, but then yeah. I would open Instagram like right yes. after. Like literally. <laughs> like immediately literally. after. And sometimes what you see first on Instagram is not a good mix with what you just read from your verse of the, the day. Um, exactly. so I just felt like I needed a pause. And so it was relaxing to not have to feel a pressure to like, oh man, I need to like see what's going on with people or, or, you know, I know I have friends and family and people who like follow and I'm always trying to post things that make people think and I'm like, they're going to miss yeah. hearing from me. And it's like, whatever, yes. they're going to be all right. We like, didn't miss you, girl. We miss you. <laughs> Cause when I come back, you know, I come back, but. It's just, it's just different. And so I think I, but I needed that time for me because I had in the midst of what, and what I think is important about this time for all of us. And you alluded to this is that even though we are trying to figure out this pandemic, it's something we've never experienced before, but we still all had our regular life challenges that just come, right? Like family, relationships, like children, work, like and all of those come with obligations that we would have had anyway, like we would have been right. doing without a pandemic happening. So the fact that we were doing it with it was just kind of crazy. Um, it's still crazy. It's still crazy. Right. So definitely a pause from social media. And um, I tried to make time to just like watch movies and like I got Disney Plus. So I started watching old Disney. Uh... Girl, you could have got my password. <laughs> Chelsea said that too. Uh, so... <laughs> Shout out to Nurse Chelsea. Um, so, Chelsea. so we were, you know, really like, as, as far as like me trying to think differently about how to relax, I'm like, okay, let's think how we can go, not go back to childhood per se, but just escape like the current yeah. day of what's going on and, and just watch The Princess and the Frog. And like, you know, yes. that's literally what was the first thing I think I watched to just kind of chill during my like vacation time. Um, and that's, I mean, that was a part of it too. Like I decided, you know, I've done my best to try to be, I guess, sensitive to the fact that, okay, I, you know, I, many people haven't been fortunate to keep their jobs during this time. I'm like, I did. So let me just, let me just work. Like you're working from home. Like that's a flexibility people don't have, like go for it. But I didn't realize that like, and you alluded to this earlier too, you said this earlier is that a lot of people are feeling burnout. And so I realized that like, man, I hadn't taken I didn't take a vacation this summer. Like I usually mm-hmm. take a week off. My mom and I usually take a trip. And so mm-hmm. we didn't do that. And I was like, why do I feel like I'm just on E even though, you know, I'm making it, but yeah. I realized that I hadn't done that. So last week was like my vacation week and I spent, you know, most of it just at home doing nothing. Um, and it was nice to not have clients and whatever. And then I went home to New Orleans for like a day and a half and 
saw my mom and just kind of, you know, relaxed. And so those things were definitely much needed. I got a massage that week, like just all kinds of things that allowed me to shut my brain off, cut out the noise um, and just just be. So it was it was great to just relax and kind of just do what I wanted. So I think sometimes people automatically assume relaxation is that like self-indulgent stuff like massages and facials. And those are good too. But sometimes it's just like having the the choice that morning to wake up and do whatever or nothing. Um, and so that for me was huge. I don't have uh, that life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have that life right now. I don't yeah. have that life anymore. Um, <laughs> but um, I was able to squeeze. And re- relaxation is kind of hard for me anyway, just in general. I think it surrounds, um, you know, just to be transparent. I don't know if I had like postpartum anxiety or what, but like my anxiety kind of skyrocketed when I had my son. Um, but it has waned a bit. But um, he also started like sleeping way more during the night. Mm-hmm. So like I remember the first night he slept through the night, like I was just sitting there like checking the like monitor, like why you sleep so long, like why you sleep so long. <laughs> but then it became routine. So I was like, oh, I get to watch all my shows. So, like, mm-hmm. I was watching shows, um, joking with Ronald, like, mm-hmm. just, like, really having time to, like, be to myself and, like, shut my mind, you know, off. Not not in mommy mode, like, not in necessarily, like, wife mode or housekeeper mode or mm-hmm. having to cook and clean and make sure everything is okay. Like, I really just got to just be myself yeah um, and that was super beneficial so I've learned to like do that you know mm-hmm. especially um after putting him to bed and um or even just chilling with him sometimes like yeah we'll chill sometimes and watch you know tv and watch like you said the princess of the frog or like a disney movie and it's just me and Reed, you know mm-hmm. chilling mm-hmm. my husband's at work but um, just being like intentional and like doing mindless things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's okay. Like it's okay to relax. And I don't think as a society we've adopted that thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to because it's not healthy to, um, have your mind, you know, going 24 seven. It's just not healthy. I agree. So lastly, how did the advice from the article? Um, to be okay with not being highly productive make you feel when you read it? I feel like it's the validation that we all need <laughs> to remember because mm-hmm. like if if you're listening to us right now, you are somebody who's either in a doctoral program or you're considering it or you're out of one and you're in your like field working or whatever. And we get put on this sort of like assembly line of completing these tasks and thinking Mm -hmm. that even though the world is literally gone mad right now, like we, we still are expected to like go along as normal. And that's just not, that's not normal. And so I think I appreciated the validation of saying like, it's okay that if in this moment, the most you can do feels like what used to be your bare minimum, it's okay because that's normal and expected in a time where you've never experienced what this looks like. And so um, I think we often have to take the pressure off of ourselves to feel like there's always going to be the next thing. Because that's true. There is always going to be another thing and another thing and another thing that we can do and accomplish. But that doesn't mean that I have to do it today. It doesn't mean that me not doing it today means that I'm a failure or that I 
having done all the other bossed up things that I've done leading up to this time, even last year, like it doesn't matter. So it's, it's just being able to sort of put me in a perspective where I'm like, I, I set the tone or I, I set the, the, I guess the idea around what productivity looks like both right now, but also permanently. Like when this is all over, I hope we all think differently about what truly does it mean to be productive and who gets to decide that. Um, and so I just feel like that, you know, sometimes stuff puts you in your place and I appreciate it being put in my place. It's similar to what Dr. Bell does to me in my life every day. And so I just, you know, I just, I just accept it as, as is. And you take, you know, you take the rebuke, you take the blessing, you take it all and you, you know, you make a decision of how to make your life better. And so I liked it. I appreciated it. I definitely agree with you. And I think, like you said, it just helps us to reimagine, you know, what it looks like to be successful, what it looks like to be productive. What what does it take to get to the places that we need to? Does it take being busy Mm -hmm. 24-7? Can we um, rewrite those narratives about what it means to live in our purpose and what that looks like and what steps do we need to take. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean to live an abundant life, really? Yeah. You know, how do we get there? Yeah, um, sure. Does that mean that we have to burn ourselves out along the way? Does it mean that we don't get rest? Does it mean that we don't take, you know, breaks throughout the day? Or mm-hmm. um, does it mean that we work through lunch or whatever that looks like? I think that it has allowed us to understand and realize that maybe some of our practices that we've adopted aren't necessary. Mm-hmm. We just kind of um, adapted to culture. Yeah. Versus understanding, you know, how can we personally, because it's, it's a personal um, decision, I think, or it's a personal matter. Um, I know I've read artic- articles about, you know, successful people and success- successful people work up, wake up at 5.30 or 4.30. And mm-hmm. um, then I've read articles that say successful people wake up when they have the most energy, if you're a night owl or mm-hmm. you're a morning person, like you're a morning person, like mm-hmm. you you can get done with things. Um, you're most productive in the morning, mm-hmm. whereas I'm most productive probably at in the evenings mm-hmm. and nights mm-hmm. or maybe not early in the morning, maybe starting at nine is when my creative juices start, start flowing. flowing yeah. So then how do we do that and not have to, compare ourselves to what somebody else is doing and the way that somebody else's routine looks and, and how that speaks to success. So um, I definitely agree with you that that was important for me. Like you said, that served as validation, mm-hmm. but also it allowed me to, um, to be authentic and to be real with myself mm-hmm. about what my definition of productivity looks like how that compares to society in general. So um, I agree that was, the, I'm, I'm very glad that I ran across that question. Yeah, for sure. I I am glad you did too. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a short break and we'll be back um, with our signature segments. And first up is going to be Culture Corner. We'll be back.
this week's Culture Corner, um, we're talking about funding for doctoral students. So, of course, we're in a pandemic and a lot of things are uncertain, especially like the state of higher education. So I subscribe to the Chronicle and I'm in a Facebook group um, entitled Higher Ed and the Coronavirus and um, every couple of you know, minutes, there's an article about higher ed being destabilized and, um, you know, faculty being furloughed and laid off and um, students possibly not being able to afford tuition and just those things that uh, are very concerning. So um, I appreciated being able to come across this article. Um, It talks about Stanford University and how they are, um, you know, funding um, all the doctoral students, they're able to receive 12 months of funding each year for as long as five years. And I think that is like super awesome. Yeah. And I think that that really, really, really helps doctoral students who attend Stanford, um, you know, with funding and then more so like anxiety surrounding um, doctoral funding. And it just it just gives them security. Um, so the commitment was announced by Provost drill this week um, who said that the funding should help ease doctoral students affordability concerns um, which have become has have become more pronounced during COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that she's allocating funds beginning um, with the 2021 academic year um, that will allow any Stanford student from any discipline um, in good standing to receive this minimum funding commitment. Um, so she said that she was glad to make it permanent and she's grateful for the deans of the seven schools in the graduate school um, who've collaborated um, and that she said that guaranteeing funding um, for five years will ensure that all students have foundational support to maintain consistent focus on their academic progress, progress without added stress from, you know, uncertainty yeah. and, and continuity of funding. So um, I think that that's critical, mm-hmm. especially as we talk about um, accessibility and access mm-hmm. for uh, minority students and students of color uh, in terms of being able to not only afford to attend and, um, you know, a school like Stanford or afford to um you know, complete their doctoral journey, but also when we talk about the wealth gap and we talk about uh, debt and debt to income ratios and we talk about how that um, is concerning for students of color, mm-hmm. um, I think that that's really important and I think that it's a great initiative um, and I think that other schools need to adopt that um, because we as a nation, we're in charge of, or we should be in charge of it. We should take responsibility for producing the best that we can without creating added burden. Yeah. Um, especially as it relates to doctoral and graduate programs. So I was super excited to read that. Um, so if any of you all are interested in going to Stanford, um, mm-hmm. you we're free ride, most likely. So. <laughs> so go for it. Go for it. Please go for it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's like, just like you said, and like, you know, the article also points out just this idea of understanding what are the things that become barriers for a lot of people and getting through their doctoral process. 
Um, and I know we've had topics and, and, mm-hmm. um, discussions personal and episodes. Yeah. And personal experience and even, you know, episodes about financing your, your graduate degree. And like, I mean, it's hard and it can definitely be a deterrent for some people to yes. even take the step to apply. Like they get overwhelmed by the thought of maybe how much debt they may have to go into or what is it going to be like to, have to have to be, you know, full time working and full time being in school to pay for right. it and just all these different things that um oftentimes are overlooked by administrations and by the universities and the institutions when it comes to, you know, like you said, providing access, particularly to certain um demographics of people. And so I just think this is really cool. So kudos yeah. to Stanford. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Yes. So we're headed to our last part of the show, which is always our favorite part of the show. Yes, yes, yes. Which is our Ebony's in the spotlight. And so Dr. Bell, I know you have a special Ebony for us to highlight. So I'm going to let you do that and do the honors. Yes, I do. Okay, so this month's Ebony in the Spotlight um, is someone that is not new to being spotlighted and not new to our tribe. She is um, one of our mentees in our mentoring initiative program, and we have also spotlighted her before, but we can't spotlight y'all enough. Um, so make sure, again, that y'all are submitting everything that you do so we can shout you out. Danielle Johnson is our Ebony in the Spotlight this month, and she is officially a doctoral student at Regent University in their Counseling and Supervision doctoral program, and that's the doctoral program that Dr. Poole actually graduated from. So Danielle, keep killing it. We're so excited to witness your journey and to be a part of your journey and we are rooting for you. Anything you need, you know that we're here for you and we're willing to help in any way that we can. Okay, everyone. So we've come to the end of our 30th episode. Ooh, I feel like we should like have a social distance party or like celebration or something because that is an achievement. Yeah. Um, but we want to thank you all for, you know, coming alongside us for these 30 episodes and particularly for episode 30 today. Um, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your dedication to Ebony's and the Ivory. Um, we have so much in store that we yes. hope the pandemic allows us to <laughs> actually do. Yes. Um, we have big plans for July, y'all, and the pandemic, like, hating on us. Yeah. But that's but, okay. Um, that's okay. <laughs> it's okay because <laughs> we know how to pivot. We know how to pivot. Yeah. Um, so um, continue to be on the lookout for EITI Tuesdays. Like, follow, and subscribe to all of our social media platforms. Um, visit our website at www.ebonysnivory.com. Um, and be sure to submit yours or your fellow EITI um, or your fellow Ebony's accomplishments for the spotlight. Um, be sure that you do that. We definitely, especially during these times, we need we need light. Mm-hmm. So we want to highlight and we want to spotlight um, all the great things that you are doing. So until next time, um, we're gonna we're gonna keep moving. Make sure that you wear your mask. Make yes. sure that you wash your, hands. wash your hands. Make sure that you drink your water. Yeah, and make sure that you take care of yourself. Absolutely, all of the above. And 
If you do all of those things, then we know that you'll be right back here with us next month for another great episode. We love you guys. See y'all next time. See y'all next time. Thank you.